You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome back to another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Back, as always, with my co-hosts, Ryan McDowell and Dan Myler. Ryan, all three of us, uh, we picked the Saints to go to the Super Bowl, and uh, that, that didn't happen. I actually flip-flopped from the Rams to the Saints in our last episode there. Uh, but otherwise, uh, how did uh, how did uh, conference championship weekend shoot you? No, it it went terribly. It went terribly. <laughs> the, both of the teams I was rooting for lost. Although I don't really feel like the Saints lost. I'm I'm not even a Saints fan, but I'm bitter here. So I can't imagine. I guess if I were a Saints fan, I would be suing the NFL. That's what they seem to be doing. But uh, no, this was this was my last choice of a Super Bowl matchup. So eh, it is what it is. <laughs> uh dan how about you buddy how was your super your conference championship weekend pretty much the same thing you know i'm i'm a big drew Brees fan and was rooting for him plus i'm super invested in saints in my playoff leagues so those are over so it, that was a rough call but you know i'm equally as angry with the play calling down the stretch and how they could have used a little bit more time and wasted those timeouts and got rid of the rams uh, opportunities or at least slowed them down a little bit and didn't do it. So, you know, we, it's not all about the call or the missed call or anything like that. I think there were other mistakes in that game as well that I was upset about. And then like Ryan, I'd, I would have rather seen the Chiefs in there. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I don't know. I, I, I don't want the Patriots in there. Don't get me wrong. But also there's something fascinating about watching this team that's or gotten to eight straight conference championship games and all these Super Bowls. So I, I, I don't hate it as much as you guys, but that I will say that call was terrible. But we always say that, you know, you shouldn't be in that position where one call can lose you the game. I mean, I mean, however, that call, that, I mean, there, did you guys see that there's a lawsuit being filed by some lawyer in New Orleans uh, to try to replay the end of that game? <laughs> yeah, I guess there's yeah. some kind of rule in the rule book that says the commissioner can – can do something like there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on in new Orleans with the optometrists <laughs> giving free eye exams to, to any NFL official and you know, just man, it, they're not going to get over that one in new Orleans for a while. Yeah. My, my favorite thing that I did see this weekend though, I don't know if you guys saw, I think it was on Instagram, Todd Gurley's Instagram. He <laughs> traded jerseys with the referee, yeah. which I thought was, was pretty fantastic. So, uh, but anyway, let's get into our show, you guys. Uh, we're going to talk about our rankings and tiers uh, involving the top 12 quarterbacks and the top 24 running backs as the main part of this show. But I want to start off with a quick discussion of tiers, tier-based drafting, and, and, and really, uh, do you use them at all, Dan? And if so, how do you use them? I, I find tiers really helpful, especially when building a roster in a startup and and typically I think all of us agree that that auctions are the way to go and and tiers are really helpful there but in drafting that would be just as much of a help and and then beyond that once you're in your regular season or or even in the off season and you're trying to improve rosters I really like to use these tiers as well as a gauge to 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 help me with trades and and to help me with uh, how I kind of value players. Obviously, I play in a lot of super flex leagues, and we're going to talk about quarterbacks here. Having one of those top 12 guys is important, but if you have three or four different tiers, which we're going to get to, there's a difference between maybe the number four guy and the number five guy for some guys. And, and sometimes 
uh, the tiers get really big in inside a position. So I, I think the main thing with these tiers is to understand what you're trying to do with them. And I, I think we're going to talk about it a little bit. I like to build my tiers based on a lot of, a lot of it ends up being uh, players that are like each other, both in skill level and age end up tiered together. And I think it's really helpful because you can find the truly elite veterans. And like I said, we'll get to it with these quarterbacks. Like, like it's funny how Rogers, a, a veteran that has been around a while in his thirties now and uh, guys, dynasty owners everywhere start to think, well, when's that drop off? When does he fall out of that top three or top five or, or even farther than that? There are guys similar in age that have had big production that have dropped off a lot faster. So, so finding the, the happy medium in there and, and it, it's really interesting to me when you have a group of young guys that you think a veteran belongs with, how that kind of dynamic works when you're when you're building these tiers and then executing the game plan that comes out of them. Yeah, for me, tiers are, are so important because I'm, I'm essentially creating those groups of players that I value similarly. And once I feel good about that, to me, there's little difference inside the tier. You know, I think some people want to argue... QB four versus QB five or, or whatever the specific position might be. But for me, it really comes down to tiers and, and, and getting those players into a position where I, uh, I feel good about how I value them and kind of honestly, how the, how the market or how the community values them as well. And that's, that's where I think you can look at ADP or maybe look at some, some consensus rankings at, at DLF or, wherever and and then that's where you can kind of find your trade targets like Dan was talking about. So obviously if I'm much higher on a player than the consensus, those are the guys I want to target, but I want to pay that discounted price. So so Ryan, you mentioned there that you kind of factor in market value into how you tier your players. So is that kind of like the, the biggest factor when forming your tiers or is there some other direction you go when you're, you're building these tiers from, from your rankings? No, that's, that's probably actually the, the smallest factor. Um, and, and not even necessarily, okay. not even necessarily something I use to make my decisions, but just something I, I consider or keep in mind as, as I'm making my ranks. But yeah, for me, it's, um, I guess it's similar to what Dan said. You, you know, you're looking for players that you uh, that are similar, that you obviously that you value similarly, and and that's really kind of what it comes down to. I I try to think of it whether you're talking about a trade situation in an existing league or a startup draft, as Dan mentioned. You know, simply which player would you pick if it's a if it's a head to head situation or a one for one trade, and that's kind of how I how I make those decisions. And I think the really cool part of this is that we're trying to deal with this in a, in a vacuum. We don't know how our roster is constructed or anything like that. So with all, thing, all chips are on the table and all things are equal, we have to value these guys. And, and that's where those tier breaks really come in. And that's when I think the age factor is the biggest part or makes the biggest dent on how you put these tiers together, it, it's kind of funny. I was looking through these tiers as we built them, and it seems to me, and I know I do it when I build these tiers, 
that th- there's a group of players that are similar in age that are together. And then all of a sudden you see the veteran group together and, and, and that's how they fall. And I think most rankers put that, you know, that age factor high on the list when they're building these. Going back to what Ryan said about the market, that's something I, I try to completely ignore. I, I, I really dislike looking at a perceived value or, or what ADP suggests and then building a, a, a list of tiers or a list of players in general off of that because if you're letting the market value you're missing out on what ryan was talking about and that's that's finding those values those guys that suddenly you realize wow i'm a lot higher than everybody else and i can get that value that ryan mentioned yeah i like that a lot dan uh i know one thing that i used to struggle with when building tiers uh uh, you know earlier in my fantasy career i guess was being able to uh, group these players together, similar whether it's similar characteristics or how I feel about them. But you get to that section where you said, uh, uh, you know, you find these younger players being grouped together, and then you have the grouping of veterans. Like, what do you do when you find a a veteran that you kind of feel belongs like in a ranking set uh, with these younger players, but it's kind of an outlier within that tier? Do you kind of force them into that tier just based on you know perceived value or whatever other? kind of kind of requirements you're putting there or do you just kind of stick them back with those veterans because that's just kind of the bucket they seem to fall into yeah it's it's hard to find that happy medium and figure out which one uh we're going to get to these rankings of course as we go along and i found aaron Rodgers to be the guy that was that was the most taxing guy to to rank and place into a tier especially after the season he just had a year older all these young players that are playing at a really high level and deserve to be an equal or maybe even higher tier so uh, we're going to get to some of that I, I find that to be the main challenge and I also find it to be especially in the last few years that opportunity to get a player at a discounted rate it seems to me that the veteran player that belongs in a tier with the youth that guy will present a value and present an opportunity to to get him at a at a discount all right so let's get into our tiers for quarterbacks first uh so this is how we're gonna do this fellas we're gonna uh i'm gonna gonna read off each of our first tiers here and then we're gonna try to talk about uh players that one of us feel is missing or, or shouldn't be in a certain tier. So, uh, and, and then we're going to try to come up with a consensus. Um, we'll probably try to do, we'll probably do that uh, tier by tier just to make it easier. Maybe our first two tiers, we'll see if we can get anywhere from tier two into tier one and vice versa. Um, but so my first quarterback tier has Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Andrew Luck. Ryan just has Patrick Mahomes in that top tier. Dan has a whole list of guys. He's got Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, and Aaron Rodgers. Ryan, first off, uh, I'll go to you first here. Why just the one player in that first tier? Do you just believe he's that much of a cut above the rest of them? Yeah, at this point, I really do. And and again, when I'm building these tiers, I try to think about um, both, like I said earlier, both trade situations and and if I were doing a startup draft, and not only is Mahomes the QB1, I mean, we, we all three agree that he's QB1. In fact, every ranker at DLF has him as their QB1. But to me, there's not even a situation where I would consider taking another one of these guys. And uh, like I mentioned, when I'm putting 
multiple players in a tier and and usually that's how tiers work multiple guys I, i'm I, i'm essentially saying that i value all these guys uh, in a similar way and and at this point th- there's just no other quarterback that i value even close to mahomes it's really cool when i saw that ryan when i saw your tier there and it only had the one player I went back to when I was putting this together for in, in preparation for the show and thought to myself, wow, you know, I thought long and hard about it and finally decided that I didn't want the tier of just one player. I'm not really sure if, if it was just a fundamental uh, thing in my brain that said you can't have an entire tier that is one guy or if, if I talked myself into having that group of Watson and Luck and Mayfield and those other young guys along with Rodgers as similarly valued, but listening to you speak, and maybe this will help us come up with our consensus rankings, I I really don't have a problem with Mahomes being the only guy up there because it's difficult when, when you think of a trade situation and you're holding Mahomes and somebody says, hey, I have the number two guy on your list, and for me and you, it's, it's both Watson. I have that guy. What else do I need? It seems like that's a significant amount, which would would really tell you that maybe a tear break is worthy in that situation. Right. That's, that's kind of how I think about it. And, and again, in general, I'm willing to move up and down within my tier. If we're talking trades, if I have all these other young quarterbacks uh, in my top tier, then I'm telling myself I'll, I'll move down from Mahomes to Mayfield or golf or Watson for a, a relatively small price, and, and that's just not the case. I, I think that's fair, and I, I almost I almost put him in a tier by himself as well, just for that reason. But from a production, just from a purely production standpoint, I do believe that he's going to come back to the pack a little bit. Now that might not change his dynasty value at all. He's probably going to be the quarterback one for the foreseeable future, I would imagine, unless, like you said, Deshaun Watson or one of these other young guys kind of catches up a little bit. Um, but from a front production standpoint, the reason why I put Rodgers and Luck there is I feel like he's going to come back to the pack a little bit. I think we've seen Rodgers maybe the worst year of his career, and I think he's going to elevate himself again up into that top, uh, top quarterback discussion, at least in terms of production. And then I saw enough from Luck in his first year back from shoulder injury that I think he's going to be an elite producer for, for years to come, too. So I guess I kind of factored in like maybe that future regression pattern that I see coming from Mahomes um, and from Rodgers and Lux in reverse. Matt, I, mean, I got to challenge you a little bit on that uh, quickly. I, I think it's a mistake when building sure. these tiers or any type of rankings, especially to project out too far, even in Dynasty. I feel like it's way more helpful and productive for your dynasty roster to do an immediate snapshot of how you feel about that player today based on what you've seen to this point, not necessarily what you project out. Because like Ryan said early in the intro, we're, we're trying to get a base on how we feel compared to the marketplace. And if we get too much into projections, especially when we start tearing out these players, they, I feel like it really gets into a glob of players at a specific position, and quarterback is a perfect example because it seems like it's spread out among the entire league, and, and we all say that there, you can always get a top 12 guy. When you're trying to break them down into tiers, it's important to to look at what, what, what their current value is today rather than looking too far in the future because projecting that out can cost you when you're in those trade negotiations. It feels like to me. 
No, I, I certainly agree with you there. And while I would not move Rodgers or Luck straight up from Mahomes, I just I don't think I have to. And I think I have that knowledge to know sure. that Mahomes is probably at least as double value as, as Rodgers or Luck is at this moment in time, especially in you know in a super flex league of certainly. But that actually that 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 glob you talked about, I think, is what comes after this first set of quarterbacks we're going to talk about. Uh, but for you, Dan, that's that's that was a little bit puzzling because you have. What is it? Eight guys here, and your seven guys here in your first tier. So I guess if, if that's what we're saying here, are you really saying that Mahomes and, and Wentz are, are that close that they're that they belong to that first? Yeah, tier? Yeah, and that's what I was talking about with with Ryan right away when he said he only had Mahomes. Maybe that was a mistake on my part, and that's why I wouldn't have a problem having Mahomes in a single tier and then globbing those next six guys as one group rather than having the seven of them together. You know, projecting, like I said, projecting out is something I tried to stay away from when I, when I do these tiers. And obviously Mahomes and Watson had completely different seasons and, and it, you'd be a fool to say Watson is on par with Mahomes. So, you know, to, to have them together and side by side in, in rankings looks fine, but maybe it was a mistake on my part to tier them together because of all the reasons we've talked about. I, th- I think what I'm hearing here really is that we may- maybe there are different tiers that you make depending on your situation because I agree with you that in a trade situation, you want the tiers to be that way. But in a startup draft kind of situation, I, I am projecting long-term. Otherwise, then I would just be drafting you know, Tom Brady and, and Drew Brees early because uh, um, that's, that, that's the way I want to feel about them right now. They're going to be good next season. But in a dynasty startup, I want to be able to pick, pick players that I know are going to be producers for a long time. So that's why I'm going to factor that stuff into, uh, I guess, into my tiers for that purpose. So maybe we designed our tiers based on for, for different, <laughs> different uh, purposes here, I guess. Uh, okay, so I guess at this point we all have these different tier ones. I would be, if we want to come to a consensus here, I could I could be amenable to having just a tier of Patrick Mahomes if, if that's what it would take to come to some kind of agreement here. Um, is that, is that what we want to do, fellas? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so our consensus tier one, only Patrick Mahomes in there. So we need to put some guys in tier two. Uh, Brian only had the one, obviously. Uh, uh, Dan and I have both had several quarterbacks in there. So we'll start with Ryan's tier two. He has Watson, Luck, Mayfield, and Goff in there in his tier two. Dan has Wilson and Newton. I have Watson, Wilson, Goff and Mayfield. Anything here stick out to you, Dan? Well, I, I guess let's go to Ryan. We have Ryan hasn't talked in forever. Okay. Let's go to Ryan. What, what sticks out to you about tier two, Ryan? Uh, well, I mean, I feel like my second tier kind of looks like a combination of your all's first and second tier. I guess we could say, uh, for me again, I'm thinking about how I value these quarterbacks, uh, mostly slanting towards the young guys. I mean, I think it seems like we mostly agree on, Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck, we we both have those guys, or we all have those guys as top four quarterbacks. Uh, Mayfield is is up in that group as well, and uh, and as Goff is also. So, really, when I look at this, I think the discussion we might need to have is Aaron Rodgers, uh, because I have him in my third tier. Each of you guys have him in your first tier, and I just think about you know he's he's thirty five years old at this point. We talked about that group of veteran quarterbacks, which so often get uh, grouped together in rankings or in ADP or whatever. And uh, when we say that, we're talking about Roethlisberger, Breeze, Matt Ryan, Rivers, Brady. 
but most of those guys are, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's only a year older than than Rodgers. And if you look at our consensus rankings on DLF, there's 15 spots separating them. So I, I'm not necessarily making a, a trying to make a case that Rodgers needs to be in the 20 range, but but I don't think we can consider him a top three quarterback anymore. Yeah, and I don't either. As I said in the intro, I had Mahomes, Watson, Luck, Mayfield, Goff, and Wentz and struggled badly with whether Rodgers belonged with that group or my tier two, which is only two players, Wilson and Newton. And it seems if you go the route of what we talked about earlier with age and and kind of grouping players together with that being a main factor, it seems like Rodgers would fit more with Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. Uh, both a little bit more veteran quarterbacks, although both are still younger than Rodgers. The thing that that constantly gets me with Rodgers is the the ups the immediate upside to go on a ridiculous tear and have one of those seasons that that carry a fantasy team. And I feel like that's always right on the cusp. And and while he is thirty five, we do see these quarterbacks go into their forties now. So if we are going back to a word that I I said I try not to use, if we are projecting uh, a five or a six-year window still of Aaron Rodgers playing elite-level quarterback, it's difficult to put a young player that has that kind of upside but hasn't quite shown it just yet uh, above him or at least hasn't shown it consistently. I think you nailed it there for me, Dan, and that's that I I do think he has four to five you know, pretty darn good seasons left, if not a few elite ones thrown in there. Um, but I can see Ryan's point too, that, I mean, why do we have Roethlisberger and, 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 and Rivers, you know, that have put up stellar numbers throughout their career, you know, down in the twenties, the but we have Rogers up in the top five still. Um, and I think there's a, there's a case to be made against that. I just think that his upside, like you said, is so much higher, but if we don't want to project in these tiers, then um, I think Ryan is probably the correct one if, if we're going to go that way. Uh, the one for the six out for me, Dan, is is Cam Newton, uh, all the way up there at uh, in, in your tier two. I guess a, I guess a quarterback nine, so that's not so high rankings wise. But uh, to have him that high in the tier is interesting to me, based on all of this this negative news surrounding his shoulder. So what what has you confident that he can still be up there in that top ten range? Well, you know, I don't think that's ridiculous, is it, to have Newton at the the back end of the top ten no. or anything like that. Uh, it's, it still feels like, you know, it's not like he's as old as Rogers or some of those other names that we were just talking about. And he's had those elite seasons. I know the shoulder is a problem and it's definitely something worth monitoring and all the news of, of, you know, the ownership talking about if we had to take a year off, we would do it. Um, that's all the kind of things that raise an eyebrow for dynasty owners. I just, I, you know, really it came down to that next group, the, the group following that. And like I said earlier, with with having such a big group of seven at the top, you had to find tear breaks among that next group. It, that, that following Wilson and Cam Newton, there are a lot of question marks and in, in youth with Lamar Jackson and Garoppolo and Trubisky and Darnold and Jameis and, and the list goes on and on. I feel like maybe it wasn't necessarily about the group above him, above Newton, and more about the group below him that I felt like there's a definite line between the veteran guy that's done it before and these up-and-comers that we feel good about and want our, on our roster but haven't quite done it, at least not consistently. 
So, so as I'm looking at it, we actually do have him all have him ranked at nine. We just have him in, in three different tiers, <laughs> uh, or I guess two different tiers. See, my group of seven at the top really threw us off. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, really I shouldn't did. have screwed that up. I'll <laughs> fix it. We'll put Mahomes at the top and put a second tier of six, and everything will look right there. Uh, so then let's pick our let's pick our tier of two. I think we can all agree that Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, and Jared Goff belong there. Is that right? Agreed. Yes. Any 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 disagreements there? Um, so I think the ones we disagree on then I guess would be Rogers and wait you're changing your tiers now. <laughs> <laughs> live updating. Uh, uh, live update of these t- of Dad's tiers. Uh, Wilson and Newton are in tier three. Oh, they're both in tier three now. Okay, so Newton we don't have any discussion about. I guess Rogers is really the only we need to have a discussion about. Dan, are we willing to, to throw him down into tier three? Or uh, are we going to fight to keep him in two? I think it's more obvious. I, like I said before, I, I had a little bit of trouble with it, whether he belonged with Wilson and Newton in the tier below or with Mayfield, Goff, and Wentz in the tier above. And like I said, the reason... I, I bumped him up was because of that truly elite upside to to take over an entire dynasty roster and carry a team to a championship. And not that Wilson doesn't have that kind of upside to do that, but it seems like Rodgers has done it way more consistently and, and for such a long time that you feel like it, it could just happen at any point. So I, I don't really have a problem with moving him down to that next group, especially if we're, we're going with those vets like Wilson and Newton. I think you could also make a case for all of these players we're talking about just being in, in one tier, essentially making up the second tier. So th- that would be Watson, Luck, Mayfield, Goff, Wentz, Wilson, Rogers, and Newton. So we're we're looking at eight more guys there in, in one big second tier, all with relatively similar value. That makes sense to me if we're trying to look for a consensus. That's the direction I was going to go to. Okay, so... Uh, just to recap, we only have Patrick Mahomes in the first one, first tier. We've got Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, and there was one more. Oh, Carson Wentz, and did we put? We decided not to put Newton there, right? Or did we decide to put? I, I still have Newton, Newton in that group. Okay, I'll put I'll put I'll put Newton in there then. I, I can I can be okay with that. All right, so we have our first two tiers. Let's talk about tier three. And I actually just realized there's no way we're probably getting to running backs. So <laughs> so you'll have to stay tuned for next episode for our running backs, most likely. Let's talk about tier three, guys. Talk about our new tier three, guys. Our tier four guys, originally, I had Jameis Winston uh, and Lamar Jackson. And Ryan had Jackson and Garoppolo. And Dan has Lamar Jackson, Garoppolo, and Trubisky in there. Dan, I see that page break there. Uh, Darnold and Jameis, are they going to be in that tier, same tier? Yeah, there? I actually had that, that next tier a little larger as well with some of those young guys. We were originally going in talking about the top 12 guys, so so Trubisky was in the right. middle of the tier, and I just put a page break there. But But I think, you know, we talk about Garoppolo – uh, I think all of us agree on that. It seems like Lamar Jackson is in that group for sure. I, I kind of feel like because the position is so deep that this tier, and we're calling it tier three for, for our consensus ranks, could be a relatively large one as well. Um, I'm, I guess I'm wondering, you say a large tier. I, I'm, I'm wondering who else you who have. Who else is next? So if, if we all agree on... so. 
Well, I guess I should go to my tier four. Uh, and and we start with Lamar Jackson, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Mitchell Trubisky. And I don't think it's a huge leap to go to some of these younger quarterbacks to group in with them. And again, going back to what I said earlier about age and how those guys kind of kind of just clump together once you start building a roster and, and trying to figure out exactly where you want things to go. I, I, I ended up with the entire group. Dak Prescott ended up in that. Sam Darnold, Jameis Winston. Uh, they, they all ended up in one, one group here in Tier 4, and I ended up with seven, pe- seven players once again. Okay, for me, Matt, I, I think you said this. My my tier four is just Lamar Jackson and Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I think we've seen, albeit in a small sample size for both guys, we've seen some pretty high fantasy upside from both players. Uh, and I think there's some, some questions or some limitations with those two still, which probably keep them from being even higher. But to me, they're the difference between those guys and some of the others you mentioned, Trubisky and, and Winston, Dak Prescott and, and guys like that is just at this point, I think these two have a higher upside. So again, I, I have a small tier here and then I would agree with you after these guys, there's a dozen or more quarterbacks in that next tier. And that's where you see a lot of the rookies, uh, Rosen and, and Josh Allen, Darnold, guys like that, and as well as those uh, those veterans that we mentioned earlier. Yeah, I, I'm with I'm I'm closer to Ryan here. I, I think this this third tier that we're creating and, and Ryan and I's fourth tier, if we were going off of our original ones, is is not quite as big for the two of us. Uh, I added uh, Jameis Winston to that uh, mostly because Ryan threw Kirk Cousins into his final tier, uh, tier five there. Um, so I think that's the only player that we disagreed on, Ryan, was was Winston versus Cousins. And the reason why I put Winston in there was the same reason you mentioned for Garoppolo and Jackson is that we've seen the capacity to produce huge fantasy games. And now with Bruce Arians in town, I don't know. I, I, feel, I feel like this is a narrative that I'm going to fall into a big trap in and it's not going to work out for me. But I just love what Arians has done for most of the offenses he's been in. And I, I think the talent of Winston is there. It's just he's got to c- cut down on these mistakes. He wants to go deep. Arians wants to go deep. Um, so that's why I put him in there instead of Cousins. Uh, Dan, wh- why didn't you have Cousins uh, in, in, on your list at all? Yeah, Cousins falls into that big group of seven that comes in right here with Garoppolo and Trubisky and, and all those guys as well. I, I, I kind of feel like those are the, the, for lack of a better term, I guess, fringe quarterback ones that you could feel you could see going up and going down. I do like Ryan's statement about Jackson and Garoppolo having a little bit more of a better feeling of, of producing elite numbers maybe than than some of the other guys that I kind of grouped in there. I feel like maybe Trubisky did enough in his second season to to belong in that that group. Um, so if we're trying to build this tier three, I guess I would make the or a consensus tier three, I would make the argument that maybe Trubisky belongs with Jackson and Garoppolo. I wouldn't have too much of a problem with, with some of those other guys that I mentioned like Darnold and and even Jameis Winston falling to that next tier. And we would end up with 12 in our top three tiers. So I I think the three player, we only have one player each that that's different from the other two. And so I guess that's who we have to decide goes in this last tier. We both, we all have Garoppolo and Lamar Jackson there. But I have Winston, Ryan has Cousins, 
and Dan has Trubisky. Ryan, any thoughts on those three and how to separate those to get our final tier here? Well, I, I'm not going to go to bat for Kirk Cousins too much, honestly. I, uh, <laughs> I, I tried to rank Trevor Lawrence or maybe Tua there instead. That, that, that wasn't an option. Like I said, to me, Cousins and, uh, and all of the other players that we've, we've talked about up through Jackson and Garoppolo are, are in one big tier. And if you ask me tomorrow, I might say Winston, and, and I can certainly be convinced that it's Trubisky as well. Obviously, both of those guys have that age tie break uh, against Cousins. I mean, you look at Cousins and, and you look at that offense, and it, it feels like he should be the default choice. But this this year was obviously a, a real disappointment for him. So I would I would probably default to either Winston or – Trubisky on this QB 12 spot. Yeah. And maybe we just call them QB 12 and start tier four with this group of guys and, and only have 11 guys in our top three tiers. We, we leave all of them out unless Matt, of course, unless you could make a, make a resounding statement for Winston. Yeah, no, I I'm okay. Leaning towards Trubisky. I think you have, you know, a little bit younger of a player, uh, you know, he, he. I guess he had a better, much better 2018, So we have a little bit of history there. Um, and Winston has been fairly unreliable throughout his career. So I, I'm okay putting Trubisky there. He would definitely fall into that next tier for me. Um, so I, I would not go to bat for Cousins here, but either of those two, I'm fine with. So I'll, uh, I'll I'll relent to you, Dan, and we'll throw Trubisky in here into our final tier. So our DLF consensus. Top three quarterback tiers, uh, in, in, in encapsulating the top 12 quarterback uh, ranks, are Patrick Mahomes in his own tier at the top. And then we have this glob of players, as Dan described it, the, 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 the tier two glob of Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, Carson Wentz, and Cam Newton. I'm still worried about Cam for 2019, but I'm, I'm willing to still put him up there. Uh, and then, of course, Garoppolo, Jackson, and Mitchell Trubisky as our final group here at Tier 3. All right, so now that we have our three tiers, gentlemen, uh, my next question for you for this exercise is, who do you see outside of this top 12 that that could jump into one of these top three tiers uh, over the next year? We'll start with you, Dan. Well, it's a really interesting question, because, and we've talked about a couple of the guys. Ryan, you just mentioned that Kirk Cousins, with that offense and those weapons and all the things they have going on in Minnesota, it really feels like he belongs in this conversation. So it wouldn't be a surprise if suddenly he jumps into the top 10 with a big 2019. Uh, because it didn't happen in 2018 and, and was so ho-hum and disappointing for dynasty owners, it it's maybe not all that likely, I guess. There's other names that we talked about, like Winston and Trubisky. Uh, Trubisky ended up in there, of course. The guy that sticks out to me, and some dynasty owners will roll their eyes most likely, is Sam Darnold. And I think I talked to talked to this point a little about a little bit in the last few weeks. I just, I really, I believe in the talent more than anything else. I was a big Darnold supporter coming out of USC. I didn't mind the landing spot ending up in New York, considering his personality and, and his work ethic and all, all the things that come along with Sam Darnold. I'm a little concerned about the coaching change, uh, the lack of talent, obviously, on offense. But if there's a quarterback and a young guy that came out of that class that, if given some weapons 
could could make a leap, much like Mitchell Trubisky did. I, I really felt like it was him and, and he could make that kind of jump. So, you know, with this with the with the other rookies that we already talked about here, uh Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson most likely going for a King's ransom this offseason in trade negotiations. The guy I'm going to be looking to add if I'm looking for that young developmental quarterback with upside is Darnold. He, in our uh, consensus rankings on DLF, is all the way down at 25, and I have him at 15. So I'm I'm obviously a lot higher than most, and if I can get him for high-end quarterback three prices, I'm going to pay that all day long. Yeah, I, I guess my issue with Darnold when you're pegging him as that, as that next second year breakout guy is you look at Jared Goff and he had the offensive mastermind, obviously Sean McVay come in. You look at Trubisky and, um, and he had the offensive uh, oriented head coach come in. And and then you look at Darnold and you look at these coaching decisions that they've made and Adam Gaze. And I mean, he's, he's been known to work well with quarterbacks too in the past, obviously, but I don't know that we've seen it lately. And, and he didn't seem to make Ryan Tannehill any better. So I'm just not sure I trust the staff. I'm not sure I trust the the weapons that he has. Both of his top uh, – or his top wide receiver is a free agent. We'll see what happens with with Robbie Anderson. To me, there's there's several options. Uh, you know, Jameis Winston kind of feels like uh, – like we're cheating, you know, we, we almost put him in that top tier already, but uh, Matt said a lot of great things about, um, about his potential with, as with the coaching change there as well. The guy that we kind of continue to shortchange is Dak Prescott in in three years. He's been the quarterback. uh, I think it's the quarterback six quarterback, 10 quarterback, 10. And, And honestly, we didn't even discuss him as an option for the top 12. So I, I think if he just keeps doing it again, if he gives us a fourth straight year as as a QB one, then we couldn't deny him in this group. Yeah, and Prescott was the next guy I would have mentioned as well. And and I think dynasty owners as a whole, maybe us as a group, ha- our opinion has changed just a little bit on Dak, just because of the addition of Amari Cooper and what we saw out of out of that offense in Dallas in the final stretch of the season and, and the upside that Cooper presents and, and gives, uh, gives Dak. So, um, he, he's another guy certainly worth mentioning. And, you know, now that you mentioned those numbers, I know I've heard him before, but finishing in the top 10, three straight years, it's usually hard, really difficult for us to ignore that when putting together rankings. It's funny that with Prescott, it's been so easy to, to keep him out of it. Uh, you're right with one more season like that and even a start to next season like that, it's going to be hard to ignore any longer. I think a lot of the reasons why he gets ignored, at least in one quarterback leagues, is that he's that, yes, he's been inside that top 10, but for the most part, it feels like he's going to be a back half of a quarterback one. And at that point, you know, those guys aren't that much different from the high end quarterback twos. And, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of weeks in a, in a start one quarterback league, Dak isn't even starting for you. So it's difficult to make that, but I, I do like that. And it makes sense that his success with, uh, has come with Amari because he's always been a quarterback kind of, uh, I don't want to say he's afraid to take chances, but he, he, he likes to see that opening there. And Amari is so good at creating separation and creating those throwing windows for him. So it allows Prescott to, to really flourish instead of, you know, having to, to have faith in, in guys like De- Des Bryant to go up and, and grab a 50, 50 ball. So, 
Um, I, I like that call a lot. Um, the only other guy I would highlight as potential and, and a guy that we all uh, all panned a little bit, at least early in his career, was Josh Allen. And if he can keep up that rushing upside and they can add some weapons to him in Buffalo there, I think he has a chance to, to, to bump up there uh, uh, kind of like the other rushing quarterbacks have in early in their career. So that's all I got, fellas. Uh, anything else to say about quarterbacks before we get out of here? Yeah, to me, it's looking at kind of the the next tier, the next couple of tiers. It's really just an interesting dynamic, and it's a decision that the dynasty owners have to face is valuing these these old guys that we keep talking about, Ben and Rivers and Brady and Breeze, and how we how we compare those to these relatively unproven guys, Darnold, Rosen, Allen. We're going to include guys like Dwayne Haskins uh, in there pretty soon, these incoming rookies. And they're all kind of in that same tier in, in the 20s, you know, somewhere in there in the 20s. And it's uh, it's just a decision. Those, those are choices you're going to make, whether you want to go with this unproven guy who could be great for the next 10 years or if you're going to take one or two years uh, of production from these veterans. Yeah, I think the, the best part of what's to come is how this rookie class and, and a, lot of, a lot of so-called experts – are poo-pooing it a little bit and, and talking about the class like it's not, not up to snuff compared to some other classes and especially last year's rookie quarterback class. But once we incorporate these names, which really isn't that far away, and dynasty owners really, and we're going to get to it over the next month or so, are going to start doing it. And that's even before they land with a team. So by the time the draft rolls around, the we're going to see four or five of these guys bump down a notch, two notches, maybe even five notches when you get down to the, to the sixth and seventh tiers of these quarterbacks. And, you know, those vets that we just talked about being mixed in with this tier, we're going to have some big question marks about whether they belong in that tier anymore as well, because these rookies will be here and there's sure to be at least one or two with prime landing spots. So, you know, like we always say, there is no off season and dynasty is so fluid and things change so so dramatically so quickly. Even when there isn't football, that's what's about to happen and that's what's exciting, I guess. I do think what Ryan said a little bit ago is interesting about having trying to figure out how to value these aging guys like the Brady Breeze, Roethlisberger, Rivers tier because uh, – I've seen it personally how how guys have gone on startup auctions. In fact, in Red List One, the last two years, we've had back-to-back champions the first two years of the league, and he built around Brady and Breeze as his two quarterbacks. And, you know, he got them for a song compared to what these young stud, quote-unquote, stud quarterbacks are going for. And that really allowed him to cash in on on getting the really talented elite wide receivers and running backs. So I think it's a really interesting way to, to, to play. And, and maybe one of the reasons why I still have Rodgers up in that, you know, that upper tier is because I see that, you know, you can still win with these guys and just maybe because the value is decreasing uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to be able to have them as your starter for the next, you know, half decade. So, um, but anyway, interesting discussion guys, discussion guys. I hope you all enjoyed our uh, consensus tier discussion on the DLF dynasty podcast. Uh, we intended to do running backs tonight, but uh, I, severely underestimated the amount of time we would spend talking about quarterbacks. So we'll look forward to that next week. We'll do the running backs and I hope you guys have a great off week or I guess pro bowl week between the the super bowl and the conference championship here and enjoy the pro bowl guys. We'll be back with you next week on the DLF dynasty podcast.
was a really smooth 3-2-1 right there.